You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Braves reporter, Mark Bowman. First podcast of 2017. Mark, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. So let's start right there, Mark. I want a New Year's resolution for these Atlanta Braves. Obviously, they're a team that that looks to be on the rise. So what's something that the Braves need to commit to in 2017 if they're going to continue to get better and succeed? Well, let's see here. You know, they they, they at least ended 2016 in a positive manner. They were they were heading the right way. So it's uh, it might have been much easier to uh, make a strong resolution. Uh, uh, back when uh, you know they were struggling so so much there throughout most of last year, I, I think the resolution has to be stick with the plan. Though I mean it, it is, I, I, they, they've done the right thing in terms of try, putting a better product on the field for the first year here at SunTrust Park by you know adding some of these veteran starters uh, with with Dickey, Cologne, uh, and Garcia. But at the same time, I, I think that they can't lose sight of everything that they. Uh, tried to do here over the last few years, and by that I'm saying, do not block these young pitchers. You know, uh, make sure that they, if it, it comes a point in time where they need to flip Garcia or Cologne or Dickey at some point, just to make room for for you know Aaron Blair, Matt Whistler, Patrick Weigel, uh, Max Freed, uh, Sean Newcomb, one of these guys that they're knocking on the door, and there's nothing more for them to prove there at the minor league level, uh, get them up here, allow them to deal with their growing pains just so that you don't go into 2018 saying, okay, well, you know, these guys are going to go through some growing pains here because, it, it, look, it's it's inevitable. They all – it will happen. It's, I think it's just when it's time to get these guys up here, don't lose sight of, of, of the big picture um, of, of trying to build for uh, – sustain success beyond this year while you want to be successful this year you want to compete for a 500 record don't lose sight of all of a sudden these guys are on one-year deals the veterans they're gone next year and then you go through the growing pains again next year when you know maybe you know in some other areas you are better prepared to win you know from an offensive perspective or maybe your bullpen's better rounded at that point in time just just don't lose sight of the big picture is my resolution yeah, that makes a lot of sense for this team and the, the position they're in right now. All right, we got a little over a month, basically, maybe six weeks until pitchers and catchers report down to Florida, Mark. Um, so between now and then, not a lot of time left as far as the offseason goes. How about a bold prediction? What could the Braves do between now and the start of spring training that would really surprise people? You know, I, I think that the – one thing that may pop up here in the next couple weeks with Matt Weider still being available and the Braves obviously could use a, uh, some improvement there at catcher. I, I think you will hear some scuttlebutt about Weeders, but at the same time, I, I think that if we're going to really make a bold prediction, I, 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 Weeders is not going to, to come here for what the Braves are willing to offer, which is basically a one-year bargain basement deal at this point in time uh so if we, if we want to make a bold prediction let, let's go right back to where we've been uh back in november and early part of december and, and look at chris archer and you know the likelihood of this happening before the start of the season you know might not be great but at the same time let's go ahead and say the braves get to camp and they say hey look we really like our offense we we like 
the way the bullpen's shaping up. If we just get this one more piece, um, you know, this is going to make all the difference. Uh, so at some point, at some point, they convince the uh, or, or they're not going to have to convince the Rays because the Rays are uh, the Rays have all the leverage here. But but they convince themselves that hey, look, it's worth giving up uh, uh, a few of our top prospects to go get Chris Archer, get that that uh, attractive contract, that uh, team friendly contract, you know, for lack of a better word. And uh, get this guy in here to be the, you know, whether he's a legit ace or not, uh, we'll, we'll see. But at the same time, if you, you pair him and Julio Tehran and then some of these other guys, guys that I mentioned earlier with uh, Patrick Weagle and Sean Newcomb, Max Freed, some of these guys that are legit number ones, and some of those are still a couple years away when we look at the Colby Allards and the next, next wave coming after that, you start pairing them together um there, there might be that attraction the attraction might be significant enough to allow them to uh to part ways with a few guys that they're not willing they haven't been willing to do so uh thus far during the this winter it would certainly be interesting to see which of those number of guys you just mentioned would have to be included in a chris archer deal uh, but that would certainly jump start this rebuild and take us to the next level to suddenly have that top of the line starter in the mix with everything else um Right now on, on Braves.com, you got some, some great stuff, Mark, including a story about Adonis Garcia and really how far he's come in a brief amount of time as far as third base goes. And part of that is just because it's really not another option at this point. So it seems like Garcia, he's going to be the guy unless they go out and they make a move here between now and the start of spring training. Um, how confident are the Braves that he can get it done? And how big a factor was the fact that he was demoted last year to AAA in, in his turnaround? It, it was magical how, how that happened. I, I kind of spelled that out in the story. But kind of, I can't remember exactly which day it was. There was a three-game series there in New York. But Bo Porter takes him out to left field, says, here, we're going to hit you fly balls or whatever. We're going to, you know get some extra work out here, you're going to learn this position because, you know, right now you're proving that you can't play third base. His, his defensive metrics were historically bad. Uh, you know, even if it was just a, a small sample size at that point in time, it was there was plenty of indication he couldn't play the position, so they were looking for the option to have him play left field, and he basically said, I'm not doing it. And they said, okay, you're going to the minors. You're going to play left field down there then. And uh, he plays left field for – Three weeks, you know, basically 17 games, a little more than two weeks at least worth of, of playing time down there. And comes back, doesn't play left field at all, and miraculously becomes at least serviceable at third base. He's not a gold glove winner or, any, or uh, doesn't even resemble one in any, uh, any stretch of the imagination. But at the same time, uh, you know, he, he proved serviceable enough there, continued to hit. Uh, you know, at a spot where, you know, he's been a cleanup hitter. He began last year as a cleanup hitter. This year, you know, you could toy with lineups. He, he's not going to hit above the seventh spot, I don't think. Uh, so he, he all of a sudden, he's the seventh or eighth hitter in their lineup. If he provides the production he did, you know, during the second half of last year and when he came up in 2015, um, that's a nice bat to have. And plus, they have some options there at third base. They, they have. Uh, Sean Rodriguez, Chase Peterson, or Chase Tarno could all play the position. Uh, and then you also have Real Ruiz, who uh, really, you know, 
redirected his career. Here's a guy who was a highly touted prospect. He wasn't in the best shape, maybe lost some baby fat uh, over the last year or so. Proved to be a pretty good hitter, especially against right-handed pitching at the AAA level. Um, he's knocking on the door, and, and you have some other guys coming. Um, you know, Austin Riley's still a couple years away. Kevin Maitana, whether he becomes a third baseman. There are options, but for right now, at least Garcia, the way he played the second half last year, he provides that uh, bridge towards the future because, uh, you know, this is, this is certainly a, uh, an important position to fill on a long-term basis, whether Real Ruiz proves to be that guy, Austin Riley, or, or ultimately Kevin Maiton remains to be seen. But but it's nice to uh, the club to have some comfort to know that they can put Garcia out there on a consistent basis uh, next year with the hope that, you know, defensively and offensively he performs like he did the last four months of this past season. Barring a shocking move like, for instance, trading for Chris Archer or signing a Matt Wieters, um to, in your mind, is this Braves team pretty much done as far as the offseason and what they need to get done? I mean, another position where they could improve is what we just talked about, third base, but it seems like that's not going to happen. So is this team kind of just waiting at this point for pitchers and catchers to report? I think the one area, I think you can always find an area where you think you can get better. You mentioned some of them there, but one uh, part of that bullpen, there, there are a lot of big arms there. You, you've got your late innings. Uh, you know, you feel pretty good about what you have in the, the latter part of the game there with uh, Cabrera, Ramirez, Johnson, Rowe, um, and even Ian, Ian Crow. But now all of a sudden, let's look at if you, you project that makeup of that bullpen. Ian Crow's your only lefty in the bullpen. Now you look at his splits last year. Yes, he was an effective pitcher, but he wasn't necessarily uh, that effective guy against left-handed hitters. So if you wanted to, to get a left-handed specialist, I if there's somebody that that develops in camp uh, that that you want to take a uh, chance on, that's fine. They they brought Eric O'Flaherty back, but he you know he's had so many injury problems. I, I on a minor league deal here, I don't really see him as a a viable option right now uh, unless he just suddenly is uh, you know regains everything that he had before his elbow started becoming such a problem. Um, so I, you know, I think that that that's the one area I'd say is maybe find a left-handed reliever, but those those aren't necessarily uh, easy to find. Sometimes you got to take a chance on a guy and, and you get lucky. Uh, and if you don't find that left-handed reliever, now all of a sudden you got to hope that you've got enough right-handers with some off-speed stuff that uh, can be effective enough against lefties. Because like I said, Ian Kroll was was an effective reliever last year, but if you look at those splits, you know he's not that guy that you definitely want to bring up. You know, bring in the seventh or eighth inning of a, a tight spot right there to just match up against another team, Bryce Harper or another tough lefty. Thanks for tuning in to MLB.com Extras, our Braves edition. For Mark Bowman, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.